episode 117, Being a Woman Awake with Yemi Penn. Woman Awake is a soul-led journey of awakening through motherhood and womanhood. Woman Awake explores the soul-based, spirit-fueled, somatic and energetic journey of awakening, of consciousness. The power of an awakened woman lives in her life alignment, her inner attunement and her embodied transformation. This is not just my journey, but it is ours, and together we seek to free our mind, feel our body, feed our soul, and to hear our heart. As women, as mamas, we seek clarity, we embrace the truth, we dive into the discomfort of our shadows, we honor our healing, and we be fully with our humanness whilst also being in our divinity too. Hello beautiful ones, welcome to the latest episode on Woman Awake. I am so excited to bring this conversation with you because I get to riff with the incredible Yemi Penn. If you know her, then you should definitely be excited. If she's new to your world, get ready to be blown away. Yemi is not only one of my private clients, but she is a woman that brings so much knowledge and wisdom and depth and learning and life to all that she does. And she does a lot. She has written books, created documentaries, spoken at TEDx events. She runs workshops en masse to many, many people. I can't even actually describe what Yemi does because she moves with what is the best contribution for her in the world. And she is a powerful, beautiful, deeply loving, wisdom-filled human being. And I just absolutely had to bring you this conversation, a conversation with a woman that I admire, a conversation with a woman I think is doing incredible things in the world, but who's also embodying her incredible feminine energy and essence. She is to me the epitome of a woman awake. And I am so deeply grateful to have had this conversation to bring you her medicine and her magic I'm also grateful that she is a client of mine because she is gifting me so much in the work that we do together, which you'll hear about as well, as Yemi provides a bit of insight into our personal and private relationship. So without further ado, I invite you to buckle up and buckle in because this is a delicious, intuitive, powerful conversation. Beautiful Yemi, welcome to the Woman Awake podcast. I am so excited to finally have this conversation with you. And I say this conversation very loosely because we both don't really know where this is going to take us. <laughs> very loosely. But oh. you are a recent addition, a diamond in my world and in my work. And I'm going to tell the listeners a little story here. When your name first landed in my inbox, I just immediately had this rush of energy, this sensation of, uh, this is a person that is just as much for me as I am for her. Mm. And that's a really beautiful place to be in when working mm. with somebody privately. So I just want to say a really deep, heartfelt thank you for being in my world, for being in the world of so many people and for offering you and what you do. And I really want to help our listeners come to a better understanding of Yemi, Penn and all of you and all your greatness. Mm. So thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm already in. Thank you, Claire, for inviting me to be 
on your platform and, and to use my voice. Um, I'm so very grateful. I don't take it lightly. And, and likewise, it's mutual that I'm not going to start gushing because people might switch off. But um, so, so grateful to also know of you and for you to be in my life. So thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you. And I love that. Let's not gush. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start at the beginning. For those mm. out there that perhaps don't know who you are, who are you and what you what do you do? And I know that's a big question, but just as mm. deep or as simple as you want to offer on that. So I'm currently in a transition and I'm still trying to figure out the nice catchy phrases to, mm. to make it pop. And I, and I say that kind of jokingly, but also seriously, like I'm still trying to define who I am in terms of words and labels. But if I was to still hinge off of what I used to say, I'm an engineer by profession. Um, I'm an entrepreneur by passion and a transformation thought leader by mission. And these sound like nice rhymes, but the truth of the matter is I'm here for the sustainability of humanity and I will do almost whatever kind of sets my soul on fire in the way of joy, but also in the way of contribution, whether that's writing a book, speaking on stage, doing a documentary, um, forming new partnerships or doing a PhD as I'm currently doing. Um, It's where can I be of service in the perspective of transmuting pain to power. Now that there's no title for that, but that if I was going to be really honest, that is kind of who I am and or gives you insight to who I am. That like I said, I'm still evolving and it genuinely changes every day. And I couldn't love that anymore, actually. I think that mm. it's really refreshing to sit across from somebody who reflects a part of my own heart, which is that the constant evolution, the constant learning, the yeah. constant shifting, how beautiful and okay that is and actually how welcome it is in a world that often tells us this is who you are, package it up in a one-liner and then stick yeah. with that for a very long time. So I love yeah. it. And, and I, wanted, I do want to very quickly highlight that. I, I know that that can be problematic in the way we are still living in the world, mm. um, which my view isn't necessarily feminine which is the need and the labels. I've had people who I think are quite successful. They've interviewed some really, you know, powerful people in America who said, yeah, I heard your name, but I couldn't quite figure out what you did. Mm. Um, and, and I guess there's a part of me thinking, well, why do you need to just speak to people and ask, how do I make them feel? Yeah. After they've had a conversation, I've been in my space. I didn't say that because I don't think I had the, the language for it, but then that's what made me nervous. Do I need to have a label? because I'm not clear I mean I I don't know question mark but this is yeah part of the evolution it is I just want to cycle back a second to the word contribution you said Mm. transmuting pain to power for people and contribution I absolutely love that word because Mm. there's something about it that's different to service isn't it it feels so heart-led like do it because there's a there's a true heart-based desire to contribute in a way that really matters. Yeah, I mean, really great pickup because I, you know, I I did a podcast interview earlier this morning and I think I may have used the word contribution, but then I did a program yesterday to some, well, an alumni at a university and contribution came up. So I'm wondering why that's now in my psyche and it's because I love the feeling of giving, yeah. And maybe that is service, but, you know, 
that that giving feels so when I and when I mean give, I don't even know I'm giving. That's how unhard that work is. And it's just and it feels so good when it reaches the people it needs to reach. But I guess I'd never, yeah, put that in. Yeah, I haven't been using that word contributing in a while, but interesting that you you feel that's different to serving. Well, yeah, because you just said it, unhard. And I wonder whether that's yeah. kind of at the very core of our human nature is this experience of giving and receiving and reciprocity that comes from this unhard place, this, yeah. this innate, it's like a DNA thread, isn't it? Yes. I, I give because it feels good, not because yeah. I'm trying to get something back. Correct. There's no trying. There just is. I've got like yeah. body goosebumps. It's just so young. <laughs> it's so it's so interesting because I just shared a post the other day on my Instagram about a word in Aramaic that I've been learning in my um, priestess training, and the word is mm. "resh," and it's a very old word. Aramaic is one of the oldest languages, and it's said to be a language that is the language of the angels. So it is mm. like all of these ancient languages, very nuanced and very layered. And the word actually as basic as we can translate it to, means spiritually mm. poor. It means yeah. to be without that giving, contributing heart space, to be without that depth mm. of kindness and unconditional love. And that, that actually was their reference point for poor. And so I'm just oh. listening to you talk about giving and it being unhard and contribution. And I'm curious as to... Uh, could this be one of the missing pieces in our world that we are not taught from a very young age and we're not cultivating this sense of spiritual richness, this sense of yes. unhard giving? Yes. yes, 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 yes. I think I saw that post briefly and, and I'm glad you actually explained that. Mm. And I know we'll probably, we might go into it. So some of the work I do is trauma and in some of the research I've been doing it actually highlights why trauma was such a phenomenon for a long time because we couldn't give it language. And that's where talk therapy was part of the success because you'd have these therapists who gave it language. And I say that because when you talk about being spiritually poor and that actually being the real definition of poor as opposed to the financial element, mm. we need to either create new language or give new meaning, which to be honest just means going back. Yes. Just going back to traditional cultures of what it originally meant before we decided to create something else. Um, I think language and meaning has a lot to, has a big role to play in potentially, yeah, like you said, finding the answers for, mm. for peace, for love. Whatever it is, I think we're all seeking. I think language and meaning has a big role to play. Yeah, I agree. And language is their, their, their stories, it's storytelling, it's spells. And there's a, a depth to these really powerful ancient words because it helps us embody a message as opposed to just cognitively receive an understanding of something and then act on that. It's like, okay, let me feel what that actually is for me and then let's see how that ripples out into our world. Yeah. It's pretty profound. Mm -hmm. So I want to just go back to engineering. Yeah. You are an engineer. And I love that you said engineer by profession, but I love the word, the play on that word for you and mm -hmm. how you engineer experiences or transitions or transformations for other people, which I think is just, it, it 
it's quite vis visual for me to actually think about engineering and transformation from a person-to-person yeah. -person experience. So I guess what I'd really love to know is what are you personally focused on in terms of engineering yourself as a powerful person and helping other people engineer themselves as a powerful person? I struggled with the term. I worked with the strategist um, a couple of years ago, and I think the tagline at the time was engineering powerful people. Mm. And it, it didn't really sit with me, and I think that's because I had this uncomfortable relationship with the word power, but that's changing over time. Um, but for me, the engineering element is actually a lot of deconstructing. There's, there's a lot of deconstructing and at the same time saying, well, if I'm checking this belief system, I need to unpack that, which was linked to this, and maybe this is the reason why I'm not doing that. It's like finding the source, not necessarily only the source of the problem, but at the same time looking for solutions. Well, if this is what I thought I needed to be, what's the alternative? What else can I be? And that's kind of this weird, unwritten approach I've taken. Because for me, in the real engineering life, there was the best way to describe it that doesn't bore people is I was big into systems engineering, which is how do we connect everything together? And there was something in the connection of me as a human being who wanted to achieve things because engineering is about transforming. So you have an idea, then create it. For some people, it's software. Some people, it's hardware. For the kind of engineering I was in, there was this physical manifestation of a bridge, of a railway. Um, and I applied it to myself. But sometimes I needed to like, take down the building mm -hmm. and rebuild. And that's effectively been the, the principle I've done with myself and others. And that's th that whole evolution. You know, sometimes we have, you know, a building that served its purpose, but then it either starts to crumble or we need to change it because we realize that the materials we use are actually more poisonous than we thought. And so we knock it down and, and then we rebuild. Same, same principle mm -hmm. that I, it turns out I've been doing quite regularly for the past 10 years. Yeah, actually, and I was going to say, even just sitting across from you in our private coaching capacity, this is definitely a quality that you bring to our experience. There is definitely a, let's dismantle this, let's take mm. it down, as you said. Yeah. Let's look at how it connects. Let's look yes. at the new connections. It's actually really quite profound. It is. And I think maybe the secret is to not overthink it. And someone asked that Akina I gave a couple of weeks ago saying, how do you deconstruct your belief systems? And I said, with compassion and love, I, I didn't really prepare for that question, but that's what just came out of my mouth. Because once again, the meaning we give into deconstructing sometimes feels like waste, sometimes feels like hard work. So just approach it with love. I built this because this is what I needed at the time. It's no longer useful in this, in this structure. So I'm going to unbuild it. But just do it with love and not blame of, oh, you should have got it right first time round and you should have done this and you should have done that. So, yeah, mm. love. And that relates to the conversation around trauma, doesn't it? Because you just touched on, I built this for a reason. At some point in time, I needed this construction. Yes. I needed this scaffolding. Yes. I no longer need it and I can give thanks to it for mm. what it provided and for its contribution into my life. However, this trauma is not part of my reality today. And so therefore that construction no longer is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when you put it like that, it just seems so seamless just hearing it back. 
but I can get why some people might panic. Mm. But I, I promise you, it's <laughs> anything is changeable. My goodness, and anything. I mean, we have we have airports, runways. There was nothing there, and they just created a runway. Same way it was put there, it could be taken up. If we can do that on mass scale, we can do that with ourselves. Wow, that's a really incredible visual to provide us all. How if yeah. we can place a huge construction like that, that we can remove it, that we can do the same within ourselves. 100%. That's just pretty epic, actually. And I think <laughs> it's really refreshing because a lot of people come to me and they say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to sift through the stuff and the shadow and the dark stories and the old patterns. And of course, when you look at it like that, it's heavy and it's exhausting and it feels like a very a problematic oh my God, you know, how am I going to approach this? Mm. But when it's just this simple deconstruction process that maybe takes time and is threaded with love and compassion and yeah, yeah, then it's doable. Not so daunting. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Talk to us a little bit more about trauma because you have a a whole world opening up within that. And I know, as as you mentioned at the beginning, you, you know, you're contributing in whichever way calls for you. And I know that trauma has been one component that's called out to you. And you've got this incredible documentary and so many resources around it. Can you help us understand a little bit on how you are engaging in that space? Yeah, first with deep reluctance, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> We're just going to really talk about the elephant in the room. There was deep reluctance. And the reason why it's important for me to share it is because you know, sometimes you can forget where you came from. So when people ask and they try to relate, like I, I met up with um, just a, a new friend a couple of days ago and she asked me genuinely, I mean, she's a youth advocate. She's doing some big things in Canberra. And, you know, I look up to her, even though I think she's at least a decade younger than me, if not more. And she said, how do you get to share your story? And I had to say it didn't always start like this because I think people see me now and think I was just born this way. Mm. Nah. There was reluctance. Firstly, well, there was reluctance in the sense that I flew to the other side of the world, Australia from the UK, so, and I definitely was running away. It was, I was just running away from whatever it was I didn't want to look at, and this, this showed up in a number of ways. But then over time, when a dear friend you know, introduced me to you know, having a psychologist, but one that I could afford at the time because I was not making the money to, to pay two, three hundred an hour. So I was paying ACAP here in Australia where you pay for a student who's studying. And it was gold for me because in the talking, something, some things were released, but it was regular talking. And that was when, um, I think I just started to open up to other alternatives of being than just talk therapy. And that was when I had a numerologist read my numbers. And then it was really weird, like conversations I would not have about my trauma in the level of detail that I was doing was just unlocking more things. And that was where, when I started to work on that, I started to become less fearful. And so I would start a business, take a chance and do crazy shit, like leave my job. And I now know in hindsight, it was all linked to this kind of looking at my trauma, looking at this distressing event that didn't make sense at the time when I was young, but was even making less sense in my 30s when it came to revisit me really boldly. And then I just, to be honest, I just followed. 
followed the white rabbit. I literally just followed the white rabbit, write your book, talk about it, maybe do a documentary, do the TED talk. It just, I, I followed the white rabbit. That The fight is no longer there to avoid, yeah, certain shadows. The work is still there, but that's how I've gone into the trauma space. And um, I was very reluctant to even do a PhD on it. I decided since this is a lifelong journey for what's four, what's four years of my life. <laughs> so once again, following the white rabbit towards PhD, yeah. sure. No Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, all of that was just so inspiring for me. And actually a really profound lesson that I had in my early 20s, you kind of just summarized it. And that was mm. start before you're ready. Stop trying to figure out every single step towards your healing or your awakening or your transformation because you can't know all the 20 steps. You can't predict yes. where it's going to lead you. There is no roadmap, one step, or as you said it, just follow the white rabbit. Yeah, yes, yes. And some people call it faith, or, you know, that there's a name for it. And yeah, but it, once again, and this is what you do to me, Claire, is I start to create new language. Mm. That's what's speaking to you. Is that, it's, is it, it's, it feels like new language, but I've never said the white rabbit. And I don't know, is it the white rabbit that was referred to in Matrix as well? I don't know, but yes. it's just white rabbit. <laughs> Neo, Neo, I'm a, I'm a yeah. fan of the Matrix. Neo had to find oh, yeah. a white rabbit and it was a tattoo on somebody's shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Wow, wow. Everybody go watch the Matrix if we don't, if you don't yes. know what we're talking about. Do it, do it. Um, I think that the white rabbit is just a beautiful visual, actually. It's just like this innocent little bouncy, divine-led guidance tool. It's just, mm. you can just imagine this white rabbit just taking a little hop looking back over its shoulder, like, are you coming? Come on, this way. And then you get to that and you've lost the white rabbit for a moment and then you look up and there it is, taking another step and you follow again. Yeah. And I think oh. that is how you navigate through trauma as well. It's not, I have to heal this huge thing and I have to get to that end point over there. It's, I'll just follow the one little breadcrumb or white yes. rabbit. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And there's this really beautiful, profound, yet subtle unraveling of said trauma at the same time as this embodying of new stories and beliefs, which obviously happened for you because you wrote a book, you did a TED talk, yeah. you did a documentary, you're doing a PhD. These are all possible for you because of the profound and subtle transformation that's happening. Absolutely. You don't wake Absolutely. up one day and say, I can do all of this. Correct. Correct. And that's what I don't want to lose. I mean, I think I'm over the top. Sometimes I just feel like having a video camera on record just so that I can remember the exact sequence that got me to things. Because you're right, I didn't I didn't just wake up. Mm. The steps I took, even knowingly or you know, consciously or subconsciously. I think that leads us to my next question really beautifully, which is the whole concept of success and the creation of success as opposed to being born lucky or waking up and just knowing the formula, the magic recipe. I'd love to hear you speak on this. You touched on it briefly that, you know, I wasn't born like this. Mm. So how do you create sex success, knowing that for me and you, our version of success today is not necessarily just financial. It is that spiritually rich that we were talking about before. So as my brain was fumbling, trying to figure out some really clever words 
I kind of got this download of in order to build success, you have to be open to fail. Mm. And I know there are so many people before me who have spoken about this, but I just never heard them. And to those that are listening now, you might not hear me, but just maybe remember, depending on where you are on your journey. And for me to be successful, I have to be prepared to fail. And I don't know whether this is a contrast thing. And the failing, like you say, isn't just monetary, isn't just the business not doing well. The failing could be, I thought this is what I wanted to do, but it's not. Mm. Um, Or I thought this was the relationship, the partnership, the business partnership I wanted to do, but it's not. Mm. Because then you can define success. And mine has changed. Like I said, I'm going through this evolution. And it feels like it's another one, even since our last conversation Okay, how, how do I contribute and show up in the world? Oh, and how can I make money from that? And I'm not talking little money. I'm talking enough money that I can actually help others. Yeah. Enough money that I can sponsor a few people to go to school. Like it's, it's getting, so that, that, I think this, it's like building blocks, like literally like Tetris, but knowing that you might actually put a block in the wrong order. <laughs> and it collapses. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Just to be prepared for that. So, you know, some people may be born into it, but they still, you know, what there's this theory that um, wealth can be lost over three generations. There are some people that have been born into what we think is a version of success or wealth and it gets lost. There's still a quality that has to be built and maintained. And, and that's why I think it's the Tetris blocks, which includes failure and success. Because it's not passive, is it? It's an active engaged experience and even failure is an active engaged experience because you have to look at what that failure means how it happened why it happened and what you've learned from it so it's still a creative process isn't it yes absolutely and if you maybe look at it that way it's never near as painful as you want you know when people ask me how did you start your businesses how do like they I think they just think it's a go left go right it can be creative and if you looked at it that way it probably wouldn't be as daunting to start that business or to change that relationship or to start that relationship I think you're 100% right because the reality is even if you were to hand me your formula for success the recipe of how you did xyz that got you to this place if I followed it to a T, it wouldn't work because it doesn't have my lived and embodied experience. Correct. It doesn't Correct. have my failures. It doesn't have my essence and energy. Yes. 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 Mm. So the creation of success is really the creation of you, isn't it? Yeah. It's your blueprint. It's your blueprint whether you try to change that um, because you decide to re-engineer or deconstruct, but it's, yeah, it's your own particular. And I think that's probably where that's, you know, when people say, oh, don't try to be anybody else because it's only you, it sounds really nice, whatever, but it's true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. Um, how can we just come to peace with that so that we can make the most of that uniqueness in ourselves? And I think it's letting go of what we think is success. That if we are only striving for one version of it, we're forgetting to stand in our blueprint and stand in our essence. And we've got tunnel vision 
that maybe we get to that version of success or maybe we completely block it and we also block what else is there for us. Mm, true. Very true. I think success is, is something that I'm constantly unpacking personally and constantly re revisiting at different stages and times in my life as to what do yeah. I feel success is for me now, yeah. today? Yeah. And am I okay with that because it doesn't fit in the mould? Or am I yes. okay with it because it does? And what are my triggers around that? Mm. And then I have to, yes. as you yes. said, reverse engineer and unpack and deconstruct the stories or the beliefs that I have around this version of success that's presenting itself to me. Yeah. The work continues. The never-ending story. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but I think every time we find something new, it's it's freeing. And that's that's the joy. It is it is freeing. Yep, I agree. I so agree. I had a yoga class this, this week and the day before I was working with my own healer, one of the, the very profound messages came through that I was meant to hear that day. And it, it, they weren't these words, but when I stood in this yoga class and looked at the teacher and his T-shirt said, um, be free, you are set free, be free. I remember mm. reading that going, and there it is. There it is. There's the message. And there is the liberation that comes from unpacking and deconstructing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a relief every time. Yes. So let's just take a little transition here to what being a woman awake means to you. As you know, that's the title of my podcast. Mm. And when I think about certain people in my world, you definitely stand out as a true description of what I believe to be an awake woman. But I'm curious as to what that means to you. Oh. <laughs> Let me just drop a bomb there for you. Right. So why am I hesitating? Because I feel I just got given the download immediately and it sits well with my soul. Good. A woman awakes in me is someone who remembers that it's okay to be in her feminine energy whenever it is needed. Wow. And I can't leave it there because I want to break it down because it has just come to me in those words and maybe it's part of my journey. You know, at first I was going to say a woman awakened is someone who no longer betrays her soul. But I think that's because I've heard that elsewhere and I still agree with that. Mm. I really still do agree with that. But I think a woman awake is someone who actually knows her feminine energy is her friend. Oh, yum. Yeah, her feminine energy can be used to barter, to bargain, to negotiate, to, mm. to love her body, to have sex with a partner, to, like, she, she knows, she, she remembers and she brings it in and continues to bring it in. Yeah. Yes. I feel at peace with that one. Yeah. Oh, I do too. And I also feel really lit up by that. It's pretty epic. Mm. And I know mm. that in our work together, we've touched on the feminine space quite a bit. So it's really beautiful for me, you know, in our, in our partnership to hear you say that and to hear that land so deeply for you. It's yeah. this reclamation, isn't it? It's this, it is. This it is, is not the, the oh. evil, witchy, you know, secretive, feminine power that has been suppressed and denigrated for thousands of years this is actually yeah. a gift 
and yes. we're supposed to work with it. Oh, really get goosebumps. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. You know, I always have this ongoing joke with my husband. I'll ask him for something in conversation and you know maybe mm. I don't get a reaction and it's kind of an, a little in joke with us because I say oh hold on a minute if I come up to you and I bat my eyelids and I you know rub your body and lean in close and say oh you darling I love you so much and then I ask you for what I want he's like yep mm. no, no problem here you go it's all yours. what else can I throw at you do you want my wallet do you want money he's like, and it always makes me laugh because it's like well okay I know that's not what you're talking about, but the visual came through for me that, okay, that is a feminine power as well. Power, to be able absolutely. to work with that sensuality and that that essence and that enticement, why not? Obviously, we don't absolutely. use it for, for that, but why yeah. not bring that into all areas of our life? Absolutely. And that's part of the acceptance for me. Acceptance that it's okay to have it. What we just, you know, we just labeled it as manipulating or whatever and this and you know, when your man, your partner wants to serve you because you're in your true feminine essence, my goodness, why are you fighting that? I know. <laughs> Let I, it be. That's all it Let takes. it be. Yeah. <laughs> Let it be. It's, that's right. And, and of course, side note, that's not an uh, invitation to every woman listening that you need to go bat your eyelids and say, <laughs> and giggle all the time. Absolutely not saying that. I'm, we're just saying that the feminine, whatever way she shows up for you, Mm. reclaim yes. that be with that own it amplify it yeah yeah that's such a huge download i love it mm. i'm curious to see how that unfolds for you and reveals itself even more to you and how you notice the little tendrils of that weave its way into your life your family yeah. business all of it yeah so am i because i think I think that download is also just an invitation for me, especially if this weekend comes and I go to do more deep work. What it, what, <laughs> maybe that now becomes one of my intentions. Mm. How can I, how can I relax more into my feminine energy? Yeah. Um, I think that's one for all of us to write down. Yeah. So let's just dive in a little bit to our personal journey and experience together. We've kind of yeah. done that a little bit. I, I love that when I first asked you, would you like to chat with me on my podcast, you actually shared that you would love to offer some of the realizations and shifts that you're, you've had throughout our time together so far. So yeah. I'd love if there's one or two things, any takeaways that you've had through our private mentorship together that you feel that perhaps the listeners might really resonate with and appreciate too. Yeah, I, I just want to share because I know we when when you asked me to come on the podcast and we were thinking about what I want to talk about, I knew kind of what I didn't want to be the center field. I actually wanted to share about the experience I have mm. when I'm in your mentorship. And I still don't even think it's got language yet because I can only do it in comparison to other forms of coaching or mentoring that I've had, which have been really, you know, successful for me at that time. But when I finished with my last coach, who was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, there was this yearning for something softer, for something sweeter, for something gentle, but powerful. Um, fierce but nurturing 
And once again, I wouldn't have even had the language. I couldn't describe it. And, you know, a mutual friend of ours, I kind of, I was able to share it with her because I knew that I could just be messy in my requirements. And, and she would hopefully know, but then you would show up. But what has been profound every single time you and I have met is it feels like somebody's talking through me. Something just goes out of my mouth. And then your eyes light up and then my eyes light up and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that was just wisdom. Mm. Feminine wisdom maybe, but it was just a wisdom. And that's, you know, yes, others has been knowledge. This has been wisdom. Like innate, your body knows that this is it. And, and one, and I know there have been about three moments where it felt like a, Egyptian type unlocking mm -hmm. of a tomb of some sort. It was, you see, who even says that? Like these words I just said, what the hell? <laughs> like, this is what I mean, everybody. Like, please go listen to my podcast. You will find out I do not talk like this, only with Claire, <laughs> Egyptian tomb. But that's what I mean. And this is because it does really feel like, you know, when someone goes and say, oh, we're trying to find suits and comments, this or that, that's what it is with you. When we go through it, there's this really ancient wisdom that is unlocked. And what's beautiful is that you are, you just co-create with me. Mm -hmm. and, and the one thing that still blows my mind and I need to remember whenever I'm, I'm having, you know, my own challenges was my relationship with money. You offered me the opportunity to, to see money as a deity, as a goddess. Whether that's what you said to me, it's what I heard. And that, that, I that's, <laughs> right, that, that must have been what I needed to hear. Because in doing that, the relationship was softer. It was more powerful. You know, I'm asking, you know, when that, you know, when the invoice is paid, you know, I'm now asking, how would you like to be spent? I, I wouldn't have got that from previous coaches. And that's possibly because they were needed to help me sell my businesses mm. or, or, you know, detach my worthiness from it. But this, this is, yeah, what, what we are experiencing, what I experienced with you, should I say, is very different. Wisdom, not knowledge, wisdom. Mm. I've got yeah. just like full body, full body, full body goosebumps. <laughs> that was a whole sentence merged into one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I just want to actually reflect something back. And I, I really want to highlight this. And I'm curious if you agree with me on this. You said that there's this channeling that happens you didn't use those words but that's what's happening mm. you're channeling mm. you open and yeah. you channel this feminine wisdom and it's not me I'm not channeling for you mm. would you agree with me if I said it's the space that's being held for you to access that feminine wisdom that's already present and always has been yes I agree with you and I don't know if it's a but or a however when you say that space is created, there is something in your jinky, code, aura, energy, I don't know, that matches with mine and whoever else has come to the party that's creating that space. Yeah. Because for that to happen, it would be happening with everybody. Yeah, there are a few people, but this is very different. So once again, it's this combination. You know, what did I, I can't remember, I've watched it really semi-crappy movie but you needed to have two different keys and there was a certain combination 
you, in my view, you are part of that combination with me. I have other people who are also part of the combination, but not to this level of unlocking. Mm. So yeah, I agree with you, but you are part of the combination. Wow, deep bow and absolute mm. privilege and honor to be part of that unlocking process for you. Because it is really that I witness you open your mouth and say things and receive these powerful downloads. And it's just, yeah, full body goosebumps the entire time. It's mm. quite profound. And like I said to you, when I first saw your, your name pop up into my inbox, I knew that there was a reciprocity there. So perhaps that's what you're mm. describing. There's these two yeah. keys that come together to unlock something that cannot happen. And for those listening, I want this to be an invitation that firstly different coaches healers guides mentors at different stages of your life and they may embody completely different energies and that's perfect it doesn't always have to be what Yemi is describing with her and I at the moment but then it's also your right to say now I need this and it's going to be completely different and that's kind of the point isn't it Yemi when we're talking about being a successful awake woman it's always a tuning back in and saying, what is it that would best support me now? Mm. And what's calling me forward now? And that might not fit my previous descriptions or ideas or structures, but if I'm open, I might receive magic and medicine that I couldn't possibly have predicted. Yeah. You know, something in what you were saying, that was the now that kept on bringing me back in. Mm. What can I receive now? Because, you know, we have a lot of teachers that say that now is the most important. And I think the reason why we get lost is because we're so focused on what I need to plan for this and we're all in the future. And I don't want to wrong or right that. But then, yeah, there was something in the now that made me think, yeah, this is where part of the feminine energy is, the now. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. The the planning and the structure is 100% necessary. We live human lives and human stories. And I, I couldn't imagine not having structure or forward thinking or forward planning. But when something moves through you and we question it, what do we miss out? Because mm. something came forward in the now and we said, no, that's not right because it doesn't fit my plan or structure how can we possibly know that? Maybe it's exactly the direct line that will feed into what we're planning for the future. It just looks different. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Really beautiful. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing that. Mm. It's just so, um, uh, it's really quite profound for me to hear your beautiful description of our time together so far. And I feel very, very blessed that we have more time together so I can't wait to see what we both pull out of each other and it's just magic it's just magic there it's just really special for me so you my beautiful friend beautiful Yemi you have a very clear desire to live consciously and in reverence with the divine and the feminine essence as you've described already and yet as you've also highlighted you're so aware of our human experiences and our stories and our patterns and the future and our necessities and all of the stuff that happens as a human. If and when you have the chance to speak to a room full of particularly women, and I just Mm. want a little side note here that you speak to many, many humans every week en masse in Mm. workshops and events and, you know, you reach quite a huge audience, which is incredible. 
But if specifically you were in a room full of women, particularly, you know, female-oriented women, what would you wish to impart? What wisdom would you love to program right into their cells, into their DNA? Mm. Oh. It's by no means profound. By no means profound. Sure. But I would want to say, I know, because it really isn't, and I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying to manage expectations. No. What I think I'd really like to say is probably what I want to hear. Mm. And, you know, it may resonate, may not. What I'd like to share would be, you're not alone. And even if you were, you've got this. And that comes from, there's something in, I think, the feminine herd, that there's this togetherness, but even when we're separated by whatever laws, policies, just the way we live, we've actually got this. We are the most powerful, the most powerful human species that we know of in this current time that there is that that i know that's wisdom this isn't me trying to do you know beyonce type power song which is great in its own right this isn't me trying to like this is innate wisdom and you can either take it on so you're not alone but even if you were you've got this that's mm -hmm. what i want to share did you say that that wasn't profound? Because it really I know. Was yeah, it, it wasn't in my head, but it sounded quite good when it and came I out. Blubbered there down the microphone. <laughs> uh, just epic. And I, I mean, my personal healing session this this week. They had these beautiful beings from another planetary system show up and say to me, "When are you going to stop blocking your own power and mm. realizing?" How powerful you truly are. Yeah. Oh. You just said that for all women. You just said that. Wow. Oh my gosh. Is these are these goosebumps normal? No. <laughs> my, my back. <laughs> like someone's putting water on my back. Very icy cold water. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm really hot. I feel incredibly mm. hot, which is quite unusual for a freezing cold day. Mm. on the east coast of australia that was absolutely <laughs> everything but not profound mm. thank you very much <laughs> i love oh. it you actually just said that so that we could all drop our expectations and then you know, completely blown well away. it sounds it sounds like that like people are going to start thinking i'm so crafty i promise you i'm not <laughs> but you know what it is i think it's because i'm fighting with my ego yeah i'm fighting with my ego of say something profound mm. and then something saying just chill be just yeah. Say what you feel. Like, what is all this hep hep? Let the ego relax. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I do it. So when I do it out, that's actually my ego speaking. And, okay. and then I talk myself off and then, you know, I'm back. And your, your ego speaking is welcome because you've also just given yeah. us a really profound lesson then, which is that battle is always going to be there. That battle mm. of uh, controlling a situation or trying to make it good or perfect or trying to show up as a worthy human being. And also we take a deep breath and we pause and we chill and the divine comes rushing in. Yeah. Thank you for that lesson. Mm. Thank you for that reminder. 
Yemi, it's been such a privilege to have a chat with somebody I consider to be an incredible human and a divine soul here weaving magic and medicine on this earth at this time. You know this, but you are so needed in all that you do and so deeply appreciated. And I hope that anybody listening that knows your work is just deeply moved by meeting you in another way. And anybody that is new to you is rushing off right now to immerse themselves in more of you and your medicine. Thank you for allowing me to be such an intimate witness to your world and for allowing me to talk to you today in this way. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for listening to Woman Awake. If you found this episode supportive, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes. This is the best way to cheer me on and ensure that Woman Awake lands in the hearts and ears of those that need it most. If you think of someone that needs this medicine, please do me a favor and share this on. You can find me over at clarabade.com slash podcast. Thank you for being a part of this journey of awakening.